Today's scripture reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the ninth chapter, the first and second verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Praise God. Okay, we're continuing our uh, systematic study of Paul's first letter to the church in the city of Corinth. For those of you that are keeping track, uh, we began this study in April of last year, April of last year, and uh, if God spares us, we will conclude our study in November of this year, and today we want to begin our study at the first verse of the ninth chapter, uh, where we read uh, Paul's words, am I not free, am I not an apostle, have I not seen Jesus our Lord, are you not the result of my work in the Lord? See, Paul begins this uh, portion of his letter with a series of rhetorical questions, and depending on the uh, the, the translation that you've uh, uh, that you've chosen to read or you study from, uh, the first through the seventeenth verses of the ninth chapter will either have as few as twelve or as many as sixteen rhetorical questions embedded in the text. And again, as I used to say. If you see something with enough rhythm or occurrence in a portion of scripture, then that ought to be a dead clue that, okay, this is something's going on here. So he's using rhetoric to make his point. But today we're only going to look at the first two verses, so we won't be here too long. Um, but those of you that have read ahead know that the response to these rhetorical questions will form the basis of the conclusion that Paul is going to draw uh, later in the letter, and we'll deal with that in our next uh, message series. Uh, we'll deal with that next time. It's kind of like, uh, for those of you who've got uh, cable and you like the Hallmark Channel, Sister Meeks does, um, it's kind of like that show, Murder, She Wrote. You know, for 55 minutes, you know, uh, 55 minutes of the 60 minutes, it's dealing with background and, and ramp up and all this other stuff. And it's just the last five minutes. It's like, boom, there it is. There, there's, 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 there's the conclusion. Uh, and Angela Lansbury, she always solves her cases. So uh, uh, we know Paul is going to present uh, in a much better fashion uh, a conclusion to these rhetorical questions that he's positing here right now. So here in the first verse, there are the four questions. And it may seem a bit strange. It's like, well, boy, that's why some theologians say, well, well, you know, this obviously this seems like an insertion. Maybe this was a, a taken from another letter and it was kind of mooshed together in this, this ninth chapter. It seems out of place uh, because you got eight and ten dealing with uh, 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 feasts and, and, and food being offered to idols. And then all of a sudden Paul is like going on a rift. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work? See, but see, that's looking at a tree, and we're missing the forest. So we want to look at the, the whole context. If we take a careful look, we'll see the connection 
Paul is attempting to make. As you remember in, in, the, in the eighth chapter, in the, the ninth through the thirteenth verses, which were dealt with last time, be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple. Won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. But when you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. See, what Paul is calling this is unrestrained exercise. Uh, what he's calling this unrestrained exercise of liberty, he's calling, he's just calling it for what it is. He's calling it sin. Uh, and not just sin against the person who's weak, but sin against the one we claim to serve, Jesus Christ. That's why if you look at this, this portion of scripture, Paul emphasizes in the ninth and concludes in the 13th verse, be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. If what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. Uh, I've shared with you before, I share with you now. God is in his very essence. As much as we can attempt to comprehend God in his essence, this we know, he's community in his essence. In his essence, in his being, he's community. He's Father, Son, He's Holy Spirit. He creates community from the very beginning. He creates community, Adam and Eve. He redeems in community. The first, the, the, the Jews in taken out of Egypt, and then me and you in, 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 in community. So what's your point? That's wonderful, Pastor. What's your point? Now, my point is what I've shared often. It's a, we are in the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is an interconnected spiritual organism that does not exist. And if it did, it couldn't survive outside of community. I'll say that again. We, as born-again believers cannot exist outside community. And if we, if, if, if we did exist, let's just pretend, let's just, just go there, pretend we did exist and we were just plopped onto Mars and, we're the, and they were surrounded by Martians that didn't know the salvific story or whatever. Uh, we, we couldn't survive because we are wired spiritually to be in community. Um, Let's not be too quick to rush past this. Uh, why? Because it's radical then, and it's radical now. What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. Our culture, that culture, 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 celebrates 
cultivates, uh, puts on a pedestal, individualism. This is what we do. We just, the, you know, I used to think when people would use, uh, this shows you what an OG I am. Uh, when they would say goat, I'm thinking like goat. You know, like, <laughs> I know, it's funny, huh? It's like, I really did. It's like, no, goat is short for greatest of all time. So we, we've got shorthand for celebrating the greatest of all time. And we'll go back and forth talking about, well, when it comes to basketball, oh, it's Kobe. No, it's LeBron. No, it's Michael. No, it's, it's Wilt. No, it's not Wilt. It's, 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 it's Jabbar. It's, 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 like, it's like, that's what we do. There's got to be the greatest of all time, right? There's got to be someone who is uh, the best. Uh, it would be wonderful if we would just stop right there into, into the sports realm. Uh, uh, but be it athletic competition or relationships, you name it. Yeah, you get or achieve what makes you happy, what satisfies you. You get or achieve, you go after those things that make you happy. What is it you want? I don't know, I just want to be happy. I just, I just want to be happy. I just, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, you know, is there anything wrong to be happy? Well, if you're in a group, it's not, the, 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 the whole framing of the question is incorrect. Because it's not of, I want to be happy. What is the, what, what is the best thing for the group? for the community. Um, honestly, uh, I, I mean, again, I'm a Facebook stalker, so uh, this is, I'm not talking about anybody here. But uh, too often what's called concern for others is, I would call it pseudo-concern. It's, it's I'm, 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 I'm only concerned to the degree it impacts me. Or it may be even when we're in conversation, uh, how are you doing? Well, I'm not feeling so good. You know, girl, I'm not feeling so good either. And, and you know, as a matter of fact, it, it's like, well, didn't you just ask me how I felt? And now you're on a rift of how bad you feel. I know you don't know anybody like that. Um, I'm just concerned to the degree that it impacts me. And the weak are just seen as just that. They're weak. So, so the idea of limiting or outright elimination of what I want and what I want to be able to do for the benefit of someone else, uh, you know, again, don't I deserve to be happy? Why should, why should someone else and how they live, how they think, how should that place limits on how, on the things that I want to do or I want to enjoy? So with this in mind, uh, let's look again at the uh, first verse. After Paul presented what he did at the end of the eighth, and now in the ninth, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus, our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? See, Paul's a, a, a logic master. And he establishes the fact that he, more than anybody else, has the ultimate authority to exercise any and all Christian freedom that you can imagine. Uh, I have liberty. I'm an apostle. In fact, I witnessed Jesus. Can any of you guys say that? You know, Corinthian church. Uh, 
But as I said in the eighth chapter, this is Paul talking, I'm not going to do anything that will hurt the body of Christ. And guess what? I established the church, the people, not a building, in Corinth, and you are the result of the labor. Verse 2, even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Question. Who are you taking your advice from? Who's speaking into your life? That's just, that's just one of those, that's the fifth rhetorical question, I guess, for today. Uh, uh, Facebook family, that oxymoron. Uh, um, Instagram. Or, or you ask it another way. Who are you hanging with? Who do you spend your time with? Who do you roll with? Who do you, who do you pick up the phone and, and, and kick it with? Uh, who are those that you consider your closest friends? Who, who, you know, just, 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 just roll that. Who are your closest friends? Uh, what's their spiritual walk like? I know, I know, gosh, Pastor Meeks. Uh, but they're fun to be around. They're, they're, they're fun to be around. Uh, you guys know I'm on this, this wretched diet. Um, um, but one of the takeaways, it is bad, it is bad. Just ask Al. I gave him his... I, don't, I doubt he's even eaten the granola bar. I gave it to him. He, he looked at it, and he just he's like, seriously, you think I'm going to eat that thing? Uh, um, but one of the things that was said, and I, I embrace, if you, if you consume garbage, uh, you're kind of going to look like garbage. I know, I know. Well, I know somebody who they eat whatever they want and they, they look good. It's like, well, well, we'll wait for the, we'll do the postmortem and the lobotomy and then all that other stuff. But uh, uh, your body can't help reflect what it's consuming. Okay? Uh, see, the seal Paul is referring to is the, that little wax blob. Uh, you've seen that now. It's kind of come back in vogue. It's like, isn't that cute? You put a little seal over the letter of the package, and you take the, 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 the ring, the signet, and you would like, in the warm, you'd put the, the blob of wax over the, the package or the letter to seal it up to make sure that the contents of the letter of the package uh, was indeed what, was, what the sender intended to be sent. And then the person would put the little seal over it uh, as proof that what was inside uh, contained the contents that the sender intended. And so that's what Paul is saying. He says, I have poured into you spiritually, and you are a reflection of me. I've shared the example before I share now, particularly for you guys in high school, uh, in college too, in 10th grade. Uh, Again, fast forward, let me just tell you, I'm a civil engineer, so I had to get through mathematics, you know, a few, few semesters of mathematics, okay? Um, tenth grade geometry. Uh, this is my buddies. They were smarter than I am, and they were goofing off, but I thought I could goof off uh, until I got my quarter grade, and a D was staring right at me, and I had never gotten a D on a piece of paper, ever. Ever and a grade on a report card that was going home to my parents? Oh, oh no. 
Oh, no. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget Mr. Singh. Uh, he said, Mark, you're better than that. I could have given you a C minus. I could have, but I wanted to get your attention. You've been fooling around. You've been playing games, and I wanted to get your attention. It's like, could you, like, tap me on the shoulder? <laughs> Seriously? And I shared the story where I lied through my teeth to my parents. And it's like, oh, yeah, Daddy, I tried hard. I tried hard. I'm trying to avoid a spanking. And uh, he's in, in his words to me were, uh, well, son, if you tried your hardest, that's all you can do. I felt about that big. So fast forward, I assessed where I was at. I assessed that I had reached, it really was a, a, a prodigal son pig pen experience for me. I had reached to the point where I was lying to my father to avoid what I thought was going to be a sure beatdown for getting a D on uh, my report card because grades meant something in our family. Uh, so I sat in the front of the class. I paid attention. I separated myself from all the distractions that were around me. I got straight A's. I got straight A's. Yeah. Straight A's. I was held up as an example uh, because there's another young lady that was, uh, she had other challenges. She was, she, she wasn't like distracted. She just wasn't paying it. She just wasn't Applying herself, he says, you need to do what Mark did. He got a D like you got a D, and you're still getting Ds. He's getting As. Same instruction. It wasn't, it was, oh, well, well, he spent more time with you, or, or, or he, you, you called him after, and you did extra assignments, and you, you did all those things. It's like, no, 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 we didn't, none of that. Same lecture. Same instruction. It went out to everybody, everybody in the class. I got a D the first time around. I saw the results. I made a decision. I, I want to change. I want to do different. I'm not satisfied with getting a D and lying to my father. It wasn't the teacher. It wasn't even math, as if 2 pi r isn't the circumference of a circle. It was, it was true then, and it's true now. The word was true then, and the word is true now. There's no difference. It, oh, well, well, if, 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 we, if, we, if it were presented in a different way, it's, just, it's not the presentation. It's, 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 it's the application. The word is here. Now, now, now do you want a D? Or do you want an A? Do you want to lie? Or do you want to tell the truth? I'm, I'm, I'm just about done. Uh, I like how Paul writes in the fifth chapter of uh, his letter to the church at Galatia. Um, in the 13th verse from the message version, he says, uh, it's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. 
rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. I want to say loving God and loving others, but uh, love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? My math teacher gave the same lesson to everyone. Same lesson to everyone. Same, same subject material. Same, 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 same. It was only when I determined to get serious and focus on the subject that I went from a D to an A. Uh, so, Pastor, what are you saying? Is that uh, you'll always get uh, straight A's spiritually? I didn't say that. Uh, I didn't say that. Uh, what I'm saying is if my objective is to please him, that's Jesus Christ and not me, the Holy Spirit will sustain and keep me, keep us from, fall, from falling. And on that last day, he will present us faultless. Uh, I'm closing. I'm closing. This is uh, how the Holy Spirit works. The D one and A. Are you, are you good with a D? I can't make that call for you. As I always tell my kids, I can't want something more. I can't want something more uh, than you want it for yourself. If I could just, you know, just pull, do a lobotomy, it's just like, gosh, a lot of the stuff we focus on, it's like it's wasted energy. But you'll figure it out. You, 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 you'll figure it out down the road. I, I was on a road trip with uh, two of our daughters, two, two youngies. Um, and it was, uh, we were driving from uh, Sacramento to, to visit my brother and his wife in uh, Denver. And uh, lone, if you know 80, that's a lonely stretch of highway. Uh, so we're in uh, Wyoming early in the morning. And uh, kids were hungry. So we stopped off at a Denny's. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Cheyenne, Wyoming. Cheyenne, Wyoming. I walk in with two little girls. It was like, all eyes on him. It was like, okay, let's just sit here and uh, let's order some pancakes and go on and just get out of here. We did our thing. Comes in. They smile, we smile. Booth right next to us. Whole place. It wasn't like the place was jam packed, but the people that were there were staring at us. Uh, and then the family sat right next to us. Uh, we exchanged glances, smiles, and uh, we ate, we paid, and we left. This is a 11, maybe 12-year-old daughter. She said, Dad, as we're going out, Dad, you won't believe it. 
this stuff works. This stuff works. I said, what are you talking about? We were in there, and I was feeling nervous. And I prayed, would you send a family in here that looks like us and sit next to us? I'm looking at her, it's like, She said, it works, Dad, it works. It works. <laughs> she said afterwards, she said, I thought I was a golden child. I thought I had the juice. <laughs> Youthful exuberance. Youthful openness to the moves of the Holy Spirit. You pray for something. You pray with expectancy. And that something happens. I don't, I don't, I don't just pray. See, that's why I say when you guys say, well, Pastor, pray for me, you better be careful. I mean, again, I, I just, because what you may think I'm praying for is totally different from what I probably am actually praying for. Lord, 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 pray for, no, no, Lord, kick her butt. Straighten him out. Show him your power. Reveal yourself to them. You know where they're at. You know what they're asking for. And you know that it's not the best thing for them. I know that. I know that. I'm not even God. And they're asking for things that they consume to their lust. Lord, give them your perfect will. If an 11-year-old, if a 12-year-old can get it, um, why Paul is he says you are the you're you're the I'm paraphrasing you're the seal of my apostleship which I like to call the living seal you go I've never been I've seen pictures you go to Moscow they've got they've got the remains of linen in a mausoleum of sorts underneath this airtight something or other but there's nothing there there's a, there's a facade of a body. It looks like him, but it's not him. It's just a body. You all are living seals of the apostleship, Paul and others, Jesus Christ, that have passed down, that we have now consumed, and it is incumbent on us now to live that out in a way that doesn't, that doesn't uh, uh, fulfill my lustful desires, but what is the best thing for this body? And what's best for this body may be the thing that creates the most discomfort in my life. I'm done. Paul said, uh, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed at least three times. Whatever this malady was, whatever this situation was, uh, just just remove this 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 situation. What he calls a thorn in his flesh from me, take it away from me. Remove it, please. You know, and I'm sure he could put it in and contextualize it and say, well, if you do this, then I'll be able to preach better. I'll be able to get on buses and ships and cars and chariots better. I'll be able to do things better. And God said, no, no. You're going to do exactly what I ask you to do, 
and you're going to do it in the condition I'm allowing you to remain in because it's for my glory and not yours. That's when you know you're a part of the body of Christ, when you say, not my will, your will be done.